0: Hey, everyone, my name's Sebastian Major. And Sebastian Major is great. I love our uh, fake history. I'm Rebecca Larson with the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. It's a continent podcast. The history of American food. Partial histories. Czar power. The history of Persia. Wittenberg to Westphalia. QST of a podcast. The Siakla. Pontifax.
1: The, the history of Sagardello, Georgia. To
0: Salus Francium.
2: Apparently... Everyone. We're thrilled to be presenting at the 2023 Intelligent Speech Conference. We will be speaking at Intelligent Speech.
0: My favorite podcasters at Intelligent Speech.
2: And I will be speaking at Intelligent Speech Online this year.
0: Mark your calendars for this November 4th. Intelligent Speech, the online conference for history fans by history podcasters.
2: It's a three-ring circus of fascinating content with around 24 hours of live presentations and roundtables happening in four digital rooms.
1: This year is all about contingencies.
0: Times when history meets the unexpected.
2: The topic of my keynote address is
0: no contingencies, stories of historical figures who did not have a backup plan. All about the tutors and their contingency plans communes cults and caliphs what happens when you're starving in a city under siege for months surrounded by food food that you can't eat as it's your life's work food that's more important than you are
2: so go to intelligencespeechonline.com to get your tickets and check with your favorite podcast host because they probably have a discount code you can use for 10% off and we'll see you at the Intelligence speech conference November 4th it'll be a doozy
1: Здравствуйте, and this is Roberto from Czar Power. Intelligence Speech 2023 will be taking place on November 4th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The tickets are $30 now, so the, the early bird special is gone, and they're available at intelligencespeechonline.com. This year's topic is contingencies, so we'll be hearing various takes on history's backup plans and plans going awry in general. So As a listener of the show, you're also able to get about 10% off by using a coupon code and that coupon code is Tsar, T-S-A-R. Please take advantage of this amazing deal. Uh, follow the link in the show notes to IntelligentSpeechOnline.com. Go to the store page and buy your tickets now, and please input the code Tsar, T-S-A-R, to get that 10% coupon. The less money you have to pay, the better, honestly. And plus it it gives me a bit of a kickback, so it kind of helps. Um, and then also, I really enjoyed it last year when I was there. I got to hang out with a bunch of different people and talk to a bunch of fans. So go in, see a lot of different things, have fun. You're going to have hours and hours of content. So enjoy, please. Plus, then we get to hang out. And Brendan doesn't know this, but you, we can talk about cannibalism in the Soviet Union. He's going to be—he's going to freak out when he talk, hears about it because I made him watch Cannibal Holocaust. And he hated it. So... <laughs> Let's just watch him freak out, please. So, Tsar, T-S-A-R, for 10% off. Hello, everyone. This is Roberto from Tsar Power here. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, What we are doing here is we are reading some of the things attributed to Vladimir Monomak, so I will be reading the testament of Vladimir Monomakh. Brendan will be reading his letter from well from him to Oleg of Chernigov basically after the death of his son Iziaslav. I think it's Izislav. And then we will have Eric from Ranking 76 reading the prayer attributed to Vladimir Monomakh. So just a small prayer that Monomakh wrote as well. So Just a few writings that we found uh, attached to the Chronicle, and I thought they would work well to give us some insight into what is going on in the land of Rus. I hope you enjoy. The Testament of Vladimir Monomak. I, wretched man that I am, by my pious and glorious grandsire Yaroslav, named at baptism, Basil, and with the Russian name Vladimir, surname Monomak, by my beloved father and mother, and for the sake of Christian people, for I was many times saved from all distress through his mercy and through the prayers of my Father. As I sat upon my sledge, I meditated in my heart and praised God, who has led me, a sinner, even to this day. Let not my sons or anyone else who happens to read this brief discourse laugh at its contents, but rather let any one of my sons take my words to heart and not be disposed to laziness, but labor zealously. First, for the sake of God and your own souls, retain the fear of God in your hearts, and give alms generously, for such liberality is a root of all good. If this document displeases anyone, let him not be angry, but rather let him believe that, in my old age, I talked nonsense as I sat upon my sledge. For emissaries from my cousins met me on the Volga with the message. Join with us quickly that we may expel the sons of Rostislav and seize their possessions. If you do not join us, we shall act for our advantage and you may conduct yourself as you deem best. I replied, at the risk of your wrath, I cannot go with you or break my oath. When I had dismissed the emissaries, in my sorrow I took up the psalter and when I opened it, this passage struck my eye. Why art thou cast down, my soul? Why dost thou disquiet me? I collected these precious words, and arranged them in order, and copied them. If the last passage does not displease you, then accept the first. Why art thou sorrowful, my soul? Why dost thou disquiet me? Hope in God, for I will confess to him. Rival not with evildoers, nor envy the doers of unrighteousness. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord shall not be. He shall seek his place and shall not find it. The meek shall inherit the earth, but yet a little while and the sinner shall inherit the earth and shall rejoice in the abundance of peace. The sinner plotteth against the righteous and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him and shall see that his day shall come. The wicked have drawn out the sword, They have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy, and to kill the just of heart. The sword shall enter into their own hearts, and their bows shall be broken. A little that the righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. The arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The wicked shall perish, but in his pity for the righteous he bestoweth gifts upon them. Those who bless him shall inherit the earth, but those that curse him shall be exterminated. The steps of man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The righteous man is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it, and dwell forevermore. When men rose against us, they had swallowed us up quick. When their anger was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man hath persecuted me. Fighting daily he oppresseth me. My enemies have persecuted me. Many were they who fought against me. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his hands in the blood of the sinner, so that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. Verily he is a God who judgeth in the earth. Deliver me from mine enemies, O God, and defend me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save men from bloody men, for they have set snares for my soul. His anger endureth but a moment, and in his favor there is life. Weeping shall resound in the evening, and joy upon the morrow. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. I will bless thee while I live, and in thy name while I lift up my hands, hide me from the secret counsels of the wicked and from the multitude of evildoers. Rejoice, all ye righteous in heart, it will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall, etc. It was thus that Basil, after gathering together young men who were pure in heart and untainted in body, inculcated in them a brief and meek conversation and the word of God in right measure. He taught them to eat and drink without unseemly noise, to be silent in the presence of the aged, to listen to the wise, to humble themselves before their elders, to live in charity with their equals and their inferiors, to speak without guile but to understand much, not to be immoderate in their language, nor to insult others in their conversation, not to laugh excessively, to respect the aged, to refrain from converse of shameless women, to cast their eyes downward and their souls upward, to pass the foolish by and not stir them up. He taught them to set no store by the powers honored of all men. If any one of you can render a service to another, let him expect his recompense from God, and he shall thus enjoy eternal blessing. O Sovereign Mother of God, take away pride and presumption from my poor heart, lest I be exalted in this empty life by the vanity of this world. Let the faithful learn to strive with pious effort. According to the word of the gospel, learn to govern your eyes, to curb your tongue, to moderate your temper, to subdue your body, to restrain your wrath, and to cherish pure thoughts, exerting yourself in good for the Lord's sake. When robbed, avenge not. When hated or persecuted, endure. When affronted, Pray. Destroy sin. Free the oppressed. Render justice to the orphan. Protect the widow. Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. If your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow, etc. The spring of fasting shall shine forth, and likewise the flower of repentance. Let us purify ourselves, my brethren, from every corporal and spiritual blemish. And, as we call upon our Creator, let us say, Glory to thee, lover of mankind glory to thee lover of mankind in truth my children understand how merciful yeah how supremely merciful is god the lover of mankind being of human stock we are so sinful and mortal that when anyone does us evil we desire to destroy him and to shed his blood speedily but our lord the ruler of life and death suffers our sins to be higher than our heads and yet he loves us all our lives as the father loves his son whom he chastens and then summons once more to his embrace. Thus, our Lord has promised us the victory over our enemies, and not through three means of conquering and overcoming them, repentance, tears, and almsgiving. My children, the commandment of God to conquer your sins by these three means and to be sure of the kingdom is not severe. But I implore you, for God's sake, be not lazy, nor forget these three means, for they are not difficult of attainment, not through solitude or an ascetic life, nor by such fasting as other good men endure, but through easy efforts may you thus obtain the mercy of God. What is man, that thou art mindful of him? Great art thou, O Lord, and wondrous are thy works. The reason of man cannot express thy miracles. And again we say, Great art thou, O Lord, and marvelous are thy works, and blessed and praiseworthy is thy name forever throughout all the earth who fails to praise and magnify thy strength and thy great miracles and goodness that are made manifest on this earth how the heaven was formed the sun the moon the stars the darkness of night and the light of day and how the earth was set upon the waters o lord through thy devices, and how various creatures, and birds, and fishes were adorned by thy wisdom. We marvel at this miracle, in that thou hast fashioned man out of clay, and created the various aspects of human countenances, so that, if the whole world should come together, all would not be of one likeness, but each person in his own aspect through the wisdom of God. We wonder, likewise, that the birds of the air come from far climes, and to our own land, first of all. Yet they remain not in one region, for both weak and strong, by divine commandment, fly over the whole earth to populate the forests and fields. All these blessings God has bestowed upon us for the delight, sustenance, and pleasure of mankind. Great, O Lord, is thy mercy upon us, for that thou hast created these delights for the sinner. The birds of the year are inspired by thee, O Lord. And when thou ordainest, they utter their songs and make men glad in thee. And when thou ordainest not, they are silent, though they possess tongues. But blessed art thou, O Lord, and greatly praised. Since thou hast made and created all goodness, may he be accursed who fails to praise thee, O Lord, and to believe with his whole heart and soul in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. As you read these words, my sons, Praise God who has shown us his mercy and admonished you through the medium of my poor wit. Give heed to me, and accept in half of my instruction if you are not disposed to adopt it all. When God softens your hearts, shed tears for your sins, and pray. As thou hast taken pity upon the adulteress, the thief, and the publican, Half pity also upon us sinners, and utter these words both in the church and before you retire to rest. If it is in any way possible... Feel not one single night to kneel on the ground three times, in the case that you cannot do so more often. Forget not, nor be remiss in this observance, for by his nightly worship and him man conquers the devil, and by this means expiates what sins he has committed during the day. When you are riding forth upon your horse, if you have no quarrel with any man and cannot utter some prayer, then exclaim without ceasing, Heere within yourselves. This is the best prayer of all, and infinitely better than thinking idle thoughts while writing. Above all things, forget not the poor, but support them to the extent of your means. Give to the orphan, protect the widow, and permit the mighty to destroy no man. Take not the life of the just or the unjust, nor permit him to be killed. Destroy no Christian soul, even though he be guilty of murder. When you speak either good or evil, swear not by the name of God, nor cross yourselves for that is unnecessary. Whenever you kiss the cross to confirm an oath made to your brethren or to any other man, first test your heart as to whether you can abide by your word, then kiss the cross, and after once having given your oath, abide by it, lest you destroy your souls by its violation. Receive with affection the blessings of bishops, priests, and priors, and shun them not, but rather, according to your means, love and help them, that you may receive from them their intercession and in the presence of God. Above all things, admit no pride in your hearts and minds, but say, We are but mortal, today we live, and tomorrow we shall be in the grave. All that thou hast given us is not ours, but thine, and thou hast but lent it to us for a few days. Hoard not in the earth, for therein lies great sin. Honor the ancient as your father, and the youth as your brother. Be not lax in the discipline of your homes, but rather attend to all matters yourselves. Rely not upon your steward or your servant, lest they who visit you ridicule your house or your table. When you set out to war, be not inactive, depend not upon your captains, nor waste your time in drinking, eating, or sleeping. Set the sentries yourselves and take your rest only after you have posted them at night at every important point about your troops. Then take your rest. But arise early. Do not put off your accoutrements without a quick glance about you. For a man may thus perish suddenly through his own carelessness. Guard against lying, drunkenness, and vice. For therein perish soul and body. When journeying anywhere by road through your domain, do not permit your followers or another's company to visit violence upon the villages or upon the fields, lest men revile you. Wherever you go, as often as you halt, give the beggar to eat and to drink. Furthermore, honor the stranger, if not with a gift, at least with food and drink, whensoever he comes to you, be he simple or noble or an emissary. For travelers give a man a, a universal reputation as generous or cowardly. Visit the sick and accompany the dead, for we are all but mortal. Pass no man without a greeting, give him a kindly word. Love your wives, but grant them no power over you. This is the end of all things to hold the fear of God above all else. If you forget all my admonition, read this counsel frequently. Then I shall be without disgrace, and you shall profit thereby. Forget not what useful knowledge you possess, and acquire that which you are not acquainted, even as my father, though he remained at home in his own country, still understood five languages. For by this means honor is acquired in other lands. Laziness is the mother of all evil. What a man knows he forgets, and what he does not know, he does not learn. In the practice of good works, you cannot neglect any item of good conduct. First of all, go to church. Let not the rising sun find you in your bed, for this was my father's habit, and it is likewise the custom of all good and perfect men. After rendering praise to God at Madden's, as you look upon the rising sun, render praise to God with gladness once again, saying, Thou hast lightened my eyes, O Christ my God, Thou hast given me thy bright light. Grant me increase, O Lord, in the years to come, so that, as I repent my sins and order my life righteously, I may thus continue to praise God. Then sit and deliberate with your retainers, or render justice to the people, or ride out for hunting or for pleasure, or else lie down to sleep. Sleep is established by God for noonday repose, since birds and beasts and men then rest from their labors. I now narrate to you, my sons, the fatigue I have endured on journeys and hunts for fifty-three years. First, I rode to Rostov through the Vyatikians, whither my father had sent me while he himself went to Kursk. Second, to Smolensk with Stavko, the son of Gordiata, then he went to Brest with Iziaslav and sent me to Smolensk. From Smolensk, I rode on to Vladimir. In that same winter, my brethren sent me to Briest to the place which they had burned, and there I watched their city. Then I went to my father in Pereyaslavl, and after Easter, from Pereyaslavl to Vladimir to make peace with the Poles at Sutiesk. thereby back to Vladimir again in the summer. Then, Sviatoslav sent me to Poland. After going beyond Glogau to the Bohemian Forest, I traveled four months in that country. In this year, my oldest child was born in Novgorod. Thence I went to Turov, and in the spring to Pereyaslavl again, and then back to Turov. Svetoslav then died, and I again went to Smolensk, and thence during the same winter to Novgorod, and the spring to help Gleb. In the summer, I went with my father to Polotsk, and the next winter with Sietopok to Polotsk again, and a city was burned. He then went to Novgorod, while I, supported by Cumans, marched against Odrysk, carrying on constant warfare, and thence traveled to Chernigov. Then, on my return from Smolensk, I rejoined my father in Cherdingov a second time. Then Alieg arrived after his expulsion from Lalimir, and I invited him to dinner with my father at the Red Palace in Cherdingov, and I gave my father three hundred Krivnia of gold. Upon leaving Smolensk, I fought my way through the Cuman forces and arrived at Pereyaslavl, where I found my father newly arrived from a raid. Then I rode with my father and Izislav to Cherdingov to fight with Boris, and we conquered Boris and Aleg. Then we went to Pereyaslavl, and remained in Abrov. Cieslav at that juncture fired Smolensk. I set forth with men from Chernigov with a spare horse each, but we did not catch him at Smolensk. On this pursuit of Cieslav, I burned the countryside and ravaged as far as Lukomol and Logorsk. then attacked the Rutiesk and returned to Chernigov. In the winter of that year, the Cumans devastated the whole of Starodub. I marched with men of Chernigov against the Cumans. At the Diesna, we seized the princes Asaduk and Sauk and killed their followers. The next day, behind Novgorod, we scattered the powerful force of Belkatkin and took their swords and all their booty. We then went for two winters among the Vyatikians to attack Hodota and his son. The first winter, I went to Kordna and then to Mikulin in pursuit of the sons of Iziaslav whom we did not catch. In that spring, we joined Fyaropolk at Brody. The following summer, we chased the Cumans beyond the Khorol, after they had captured Goroshin. During the autumn, in company with men of Chernigov, as well as Cumans and Chiteyeviches, we captured the city of Minsk and left it in neither slaves nor cattle. In that winter, we went to Brody to join Yaropolk, and concluded an important pact of friendship. In that winter, my father set me up to rule in Pereyaslavo in preference to all my cousins, and we crossed the Supoy. While we were on our way down to the town of Priluuk, we suddenly encountered the Cuban forces with eight thousand men. We were ready and willing to fight with them, but we had sent our equipment ahead of the baggage train, and we therefore entered the town. They thus captured alive only Semtia and a few peasants. Our men, on the other hand, killed or captured a large number of them. They did not even dare to lead away their mounts, and during the night fled to the Sula. On the following day, which was Lady Day, we arrived at Belaveja. With the aid of God and the Holy Virgin, our troops killed 900 Cumans and captured the two princes, Asin and Saks, the brothers of Bagubars, and only two men of their force escaped. We then pursued the Cumans to Svetoslavl, then Sotorchersk, and still further to Yuriev. Then again, on the east bank of the Dnieper, we once more defeated the Cumans near Krasno. In company of Grosislav, we subsequently captured their camp at Barin. I then went to Vladimir and set up Yaropolk as prince, but he soon died. After the death of my father, under Sviatopolk we fought until evening with the Cumans at the Sula in the vicinity of Chalep, and then made peace with Tugor Khan and other Cuman chiefs. We took from Gleb's followers all their troops, Aliak subsequently attacked me in Chernigov with Cuban support. My troops fought with him for eight days by the small entrenchment and would not let him inside the outworks. I took pity on the souls of our Christian subjects and upon the burned villages and monasteries and said, it is not for the pagans to boast. I therefore gave my cousin his father's place and retired myself to the, my father's domain of Perea We left Chernigov on the day of St. Boris and rode through the Cumans in a company of not more than a hundred together with the women and children. The Cumans showed their teeth at us, as they stood like wolves at the fords and in the hills, but God and St. Boris did not deliver us up to them as their prey, so we arrived at Periaslavo unscathed. I remained in Periaslavo three summers and winters with my retainers, and endured great distress through war and famine. We attacked the Cuban forces behind Rimov, and God stood by us, so that we defeated them and took many captives. We overthrew the troops of Itlad, and after marching beyond Goltav, we captured their camp. We now attacked Aligat Sadodub, because he had made common cause with the Cumans. In pursuit of Bonyak, we advanced to the Bug, and later beyond the Ros in company with siatopok After reaching Smolensk, we became reconciled with David. We set out a second time from Voronica. At this juncture, the Torks and the Chiteyeviches came from among the Cubans to attack us, so that we advanced against him to the Sula. We then returned again to Rostov for the winter, and three winters later I returned to Smolensk. Thence, I went to Rostov. A second time, Svetlapok and I pursued Boniak. the nomads escaped and we did not catch them. Thereupon, we again followed Boniak beyond the Ross, yet did not overtake him. During the winter, I traveled to Smolensk, but left there after Easter. George's mother passed away. In the summer, I went to Praeslavl and assembled my kinsmen together. Bonyak with his entire force of cumans approached Kisnyatin and we sallied forth from Pereyaslavl to meet them as far as Isula god helped us and we conquered their forces and captured their best princes after christmas we were able to make peace with Ayepa, and after receiving his daughter in marriage we proceeded to Smolensk thence we journeyed to Rostov on departing thence i attacked the cumans under Udosoba in company of Siatopolk and god aided us then i again attacked Bonyak at Lubno and God again vouchsafed us his aid. In company with Svetlapok, I set out once more upon a campaign. With Svetlapok and David, I later went as far as the Don, and God granted us his aid. Aepa and Boniak had approached Vir with the intention of capturing it. I advanced to meet them as far as the Romni of Alieg and my sons. When the nomads learned of our coming, they fled. Then we marched to attack Gleb at Minsk, because he had captured our retainers. God helped us, and we accomplished our purpose. Thereupon, we marched to attack Yaroslav's son of Siatopol at Vladimir, since we were no longer disposed to endure his malice. On one occasion, I rode at full speed from Chernigov to join my father in Kiev, and one day before the Vespers. Among all my campaigns, there are eighty-three long ones, and I do not count the minor adventures. I concluded nineteen peace treaties with the Cumans, with or without my father's aid, and dispensed much of my cattle and my garments. I had freed from their captivity the best Cuban princes, including two brothers of Sharukhan, three brothers of Bagubards, four brothers of Olchin, and one hundred of their foremost leaders. Of other chieftains whom God delivered alive into my hands, I took captive, killed, and had cast into the river Slavliakosus and his son, Aklan, the son of Burch, Azgului, prince of Tariev, and fifteen other young chieftains. And At the same time, not less than two hundred of the leading prisoners were likewise killed, and cast into the same river. I devoted much energy to hunting as long as I reigned in Chernigov. Since I left Chernigov, even up to the present time, I have made a practice of a h- hunting a hundred times a year with all my strength and without harm, apart from a certain hunt after a bison, since I had been accustomed to chase every sort of game in my father's company. At Chernigov, I even bound wild horses with my bare hands or captured ten or twenty live horses with the lasso, and besides that, while riding along the roes, I caught these same wild horses barehanded. Two bisons tossed me and my horse on their horns. A stag once gored me. One elk stamped upon me, while another gored me. A boar once tore my sword from my thigh. A bear on one occasion bit my kneecap. And another wild beast jumped on my flank and threw my horse with me. But God preserved me unharmed. I often fell from my horse, fractured my skull twice, and in my youths injured my arms and legs when I did not wreck of my life or spare my head in war and at the hunt by night and by day in heat and in cold i did whatever my servant had to do and give myself no rest without relying on lieutenants or messengers i did whatever was necessary i looked to every disposition in my household at the hunt i posted the hunters and I looked after the stables the falcons and the hawks i did not allow the mighty to distress the common peasant or the poverty-stricken widow and interested myself in the church, administration, and service. Let not my sons or whoever else reads this document criticize me. I do not commend my own boldness, but I praise God and glorify his memory because he guarded me, a sinful and wretched man, for so many years in these dangerous vicissitudes, and did not make me inactive or useless for all the necessary works of men. As you read this creed, prepare yourselves for all good works and glorify God among his saints, without fear of death or war, or of wild beasts. Do a man's work, my sons, as God sets it before you. If I suffered no ill from more, from wild beasts, from flood, or from falling for my horse, then surely no one can harm you or destroy you, unless that too be destined of God. But if death comes from God, then neither father nor mother nor brethren can hinder it. And though it is prudent to be constantly upon one's guard, the protection of God is fairer than the protection of men.
2: Letter of Vladimir Monomakh to Oleg. Son of Sviatoslav O long-suffering and wretched man that I am my soul thou long hast wrestled with my heart and thou hast conquered it for being but mortal i reflect how i may stand before the dread judge ere we have done penance and become reconciled with one another for if any man say i love god and love not his brother it is a lie john 420 likewise if ye do not forgive your brother's trespasses neither will your heavenly father forgive you Matt 6.15 The prophet says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, nor be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Psalms 37.1 Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalms 133.1 But the teaching of the devil prevails everywhere. There were wars in the days of our wise grandsires and our righteous and blessed sires. For the devil, who desires no good to the race of man, continues to incite us. I have written these words because my son, whom you christened, and who lives near you, influenced me to do so. He sent to me a messenger with letters saying, Let us make peace and be reconciled. Judgment has been visited upon my brother. Let us not set ourselves up as avengers, but rather trust in God. The criminal shall stand before the bar of God. But let us not bring ruin upon the land of Rus'. I observed the humility of my son, and in the fear of God I said, In his youth and his inexperience he is humble and trusts in God, while I am a man sinful before all his fellows. I heeded the words of my son and wrote this letter. I shall discern from your answer whether you received it with favor or scorn. For with these words I have forestalled you in the action to which I expected humility and repentance would impel you to, just as I myself desire God's forgiveness for my former sins. Our Lord is not a mere man, but God of the whole universe. Yet, though he can, if so desire, perform any miracle in the winking of an eye, he submitted himself to reviling, to spitting, and to blows, and even delivered himself up to death, though he was Lord of both life and death. But what are we, sinful men, today alive, tomorrow dead, today in glory and honor, tomorrow in the grave and unremembered, while others divide our treasures? Look, my cousin, upon our sires. What did they carry away with them, or what did they profit by their promises? Only as much as they had done for their souls. Would that you, my cousin, had been the first to write, and had forestalled me in these utterances. When my son was slain, and you beheld his blood, and his mutilated corpse as he lay like a withered flower or a slaughtered lamb, you might have stood over him and said, as you read the secret thoughts of your soul, Alas, what have I done? Without considering his inexperience, I have brought crime upon myself through the perversity of this vain world. And have brought tears upon his father and his mother. You could have lamented like David. I know my sin. It is ever before me. Psalms 51.3 Without shedding of blood, David, the Lord's anointed, committed adultery. But when he cast dust upon his head and wept bitterly in the hour, God remitted his sins. You might have repented also. You might have sent me a letter of consolation and returned to me my daughter-in-law. For in her there is no harm. That I might embrace her and mourn her husband and her marriage. Instead of uttering joyous songs, for because of my sins I did not behold their joy of other days, nor their betrothal. But now, for God's sake, send her to me quickly with your first answer, so that I may mourn her with unceasingly and set her in the station that befits her. So may she sit languishing, like a dove on the dry tree, and I shall be consoled in God. Our sons and our fathers have trod the same path. Judgment came to my son from the hand of God, not at your hand. But if you had satisfied your desire, and had taken Maram, instead of Rostov, a message to me would have reconciled us. But, a cons- but consider which was fitting, that I should write to you, or you to me. If you had bidden my son to write to his father, I should have sent conciliatory messages ten times over. It is strange that a man should have perished in war. Better men have died ere this, even in our family. You should not have coveted another's domain, nor brought me to shame and sorrow. For slaves have learned to steal for themselves, but they have won evil thereby. If, therefore, you repent before God, you will make me of good cheer. Send me your messenger or bishop, and write a letter with just intent. Then you shall receive your domain, and with my good wishes, you will turn our hearts towards each other. And we shall be better off than before. I am not malicious or revengeful. I did not desire to see your blood shed at Staradub. May God grant that I should not see blood shed by your hand, or at my command, or through the instigation of any kinsman of mine. If I lie, may God and his holy cross judge me. Perhaps I sinned when I attacked you in Chernigov, because of the pagans, but I repent of my action, and I have said so aloud to my cousin, and confessed it repeatedly, for after all, I am but human. If this seems good, let it be so. If ill, let your godsend sit with his little brother, eating his uncle's bread while you possess your domain, and make your own decision in this regard. If you purpose to kill them both, they are in your power, for I wish no ill, but I desire rather the good of my kinsmen, and of the land of Rus. If you are thinking to use violence, remember that out of our friendly regard for you, we restored to you your inheritance at Stardew. But God is witness that we have come to an agreement with your brother, but it does not avail us to make any terms without your adherence. You have done no evil, nor have we asked him to sin for you before we are reconciled. If one of you does not wish good or peace to Christian men, let him receive no repose for his soul at God's hand in the life to come. It is not by compulsion that I address you, nor am I in any wise distressed, but hear you me speak from God's inspiration. My soul is dearer to me than aught else in this world. At the last judgment, I count myself without accusers.
1: Prayer Attributed to Vladimir Monomak
0: Master of wisdom, bestower of knowledge, chastiser of the thoughtless and protector of the needy. Confirm my heart in wisdom, O Lord. Give me a fatherly word, for thou haste has not hindered me from raising me to cry unto thee, merciful Father. Have pity upon the weak mortal. God is my hope. Christ is my refuge. The Holy Ghost is my protection. O oh, my hope and the my fortress, scorn me not, blessed one, since I possess thee as my helper in sorrow and in sickness and against the adversities, I glorify thee, exalted being, understand and see that I am God, who test the hearts and know your minds, who revel your deeds, punish your sins, and render justice to orphans and to the poor and the needy, inclined, O oh, my soul. And consider thy deeds that thou shalt hast done, bring them before thine eyes, shed tears from thine eyes, and confess openly to thy actions through Christ, and may be purified. Holy Andrew, thrice blessed Father, Shepherd of Crete, cease not to intercede for us, who honor thee, that we may escape from all malice, all sorrow, Lucian, sin and misery, faithfully honoring thy memory pure virgin mother persevere thy city for which thy help endures in faith that we may be strengthened by thee in hope of thee and conquer the obstacles overthrowing our enemies and living in obedience O exalted mother who bear the world that exceeds the all holiness accept the precedent obligation to protect us from the present evils and future torments now that we call upon thee, we thy servants entreat thee and kneel before thee in prayful hearts, incline thine ear, pure one, and save us, who are constantly beset by misfortune and guard thy city, O Mother of God, from every captivity of its foes. O God, spare thy heritage, look not upon our sins, since we are on earth pray to thee, who, through thy pity of this world, was born begotten, and didst resign, O Christ, to clothe thyself in fresh. Spare us, O Savior, for who was born and persevered, immaculate her who bore thee, even when thou dost come, sinless and merciful, to judge our deeds as God and lover of mankind. Immaculate Virgin, who did not know the marriage Delighted in God, guide to the faithful, save me as I perish and call upon thy son. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Have mercy upon thou shalt judge. Judge me not for the fire that accursed me in thine anger. The Holy Virgin who bore thee intercedes with thee, O Christ, in company with the angelic host and the army of the martyrs. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom thy honor and glory, to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever, world without end.